Hey everyone, this episode of An Eternity of Basketball is part of the Globally Ballin Podcast Network, a subsidiary of the Globally Ballin Media Network. For this show and other shows like it, such as the Globally Ballin Podcast, as well as projects like it, such as original articles and video work, visit globallyballin.com now. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe to it, as well as give it a five-star rating and a review. We appreciate it. Now, to the show. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to an eternity of basketball once again. We are part of the Globally Balling Network. Another show on it is Who the Heck Are We? And their episode 50 guest coach Dante Alin Sonurin. That episode is up already. And New Bulldogs Magic and his philosophy. You'll hear about it if you watch that episode. Hang time with Denise Dinsai with Michelle Cobb from the LSL University. Volleyball talk with Denise Dinsai. Catch that as well on the Globally Balling Network. Of course, the Globally Balling Network has a lot of original articles, audio, and video projects. Go to globallyballing.com and follow all the social media on the left side of that uh, slide. We're on YouTube. All our episodes, except for the re- most recent five episodes, will be on uh, our YouTube channel of Globally Ballin. So you have to subscribe and follow that channel on YouTube. Go to, go to Globally Ballin Southeast Asia as well. Follow that on Facebook to get uh, tidbits from all the shows on the Globally Ball Network, including AEOB. And then link three slash Globally Ballin. That's what you need. If you go there, you'll find everything else that I talked about just before this one. So... Make sure about that. So here we are. This is episode 83 of An Eternity of Basketball. I'm Charlie Kuna, together with Noel Zarate. He's back after two weeks. Welcome back, partner. Good to see you're alive and kicking. Thank you. And yes. Sid, yes, sir. Sid Ventura is with us. He just joined us right now. He's got some good news for us as well. We'll talk about that in a bit. Our guest for today, back in the 80s, of course, you know, highly touted before he came to the Philippines. And he did not disappoint at all. Born and bred. A Houston Texan came here to the Philippines, took the league by storm with his outside sniping with that lefty jumper over there all the way out to three-point land. Led his team to two finals appearances, Manila Beer and Great Taste. We're going to chat all about that later. Of course, we're going to talk about his Houston stint. Final four, baby. Final four. Let's just go every year. Why not, right? Under coach Guy Lewis, played in the NBA as well all over Europe. And we're going to learn about all his journeys in this world of basketball. None other than Michael Young is with us today on an eternity of basketball. Michael, welcome to our show. And thank you for accepting our invitation to be here. Glad, you know, glad to be here. Well, we're glad, that, we're glad that you're here. We're very excited that, to learn about your journey because it was a long career in basketball. And lots of achievements on your part. You won, you won, uh, you know, uh, you were able to get to the finals in the NCAA, won championships in Europe. You brought your team to the finals here in, in, in the PBA. But but let's start from the start. You know, you are from Texas. I'm not I'm not certain if if Texas is seen as a basketball state in the States because you know, uh, you know, there's football maybe and there's some there's been some baseball success as well uh, over in, in in Texas. But but in Houston where where you were born and, and raised, 
How did you get started in the sport of basketball? Who introduced you to it and who influenced you to, to like it? Well, just growing up in the neighborhood, you know, um, we couldn't play golf, <laughs> you know, or tennis, anything like that. What we had was basketball courts. And all the kids in the neighborhood, we would get together and play basketball or football every single day, you know. And uh, I really fell in love with the game of basketball. And as I, I got older, I got taller. taller. And uh, my high school coaches, junior high school coaches, really put the sport in front of me. But you did play, did you mention you played football as well when you were younger? You do have that football body. So, you know, I mean, what made you gravitate more towards basketball rather than football, Mike? Uh, because of my size, you know. Uh, I was a, a tall guy. Not a real tall guy, but tall, tall guy. And I could really, really shoot the ball. And just to sum it up, I was a better basketball player than football. So Right, right. Uh-huh. You go where the success is, right? Okay, Noel. Go. Yeah, I was going to ask because you are a lefty and you have pretty good form on your jump shot. I mean, who influenced you? Were you coached to shoot that way or was it just natural for you to pick up a ball and just shoot it? You know, now, you know, kids now, they have all kind of shooting coaches and strength coaches and all kind of coaches. But back when I played, we didn't have all of that. You know, I just really took the game on myself and I spent a lot of time shooting the ball you know I I used to wake up in, in the morning I had to make a thousand jump shots a day and in order to make a thousand jump shots you might shoot 1500 you know and it just made it natural it made it more fluent you know and and that's how you become a, a great shooter yeah my was your high school for? career after that I'm sorry Sid go ahead go ahead Sid no I was just gonna ask how who were your influences early influences uh, you know, maybe NBA players that you looked up to uh, growing up in Houston? Well, I, I, you know, I'm from the Dr. J era. You know, uh, Julius Irvin, he was he was my guy. You know, and uh, I really looked up to Julius Irvin. Then we had our own Houston Rockets there. Really loved mm -hmm. uh, Malone, although he was a center. I, I was a guard, but I really liked his game. Moses no. Malone. Can't go right? wrong with those, those two. Huh? Yeah, you can't, can't go wrong with those two guys. Those two, yeah, two are the right. best. And they, they did team up for an NBA championship yeah. uh, a few years mm -hmm. later. How old were you, Mike, uh, when you started really playing competitive basketball and decided that this was going to be your sport? And then how high and how tall were you already? You know, I, I was always the biggest guy in my class, mm -hmm. you know. So playing competitive was in junior high. The okay. eighth grade is, is mm -hmm. when I started. I guess then eighth grade, you're what, 13, mm -hmm. 14 years old, yeah. you know, like that. But, you know, that was playing school ball and being competitive. But, you know, where I grew up at playing on the playgrounds was more competitive than school ball because you played against guys that was a lot older, a lot lot bigger. And, you know, that's, that's how you develop your game. Mm-hmm. And so when you were you a guard become, since, Yeah, you were a guard ever since. You you mentioned you're a guard, but were you a guard because you were the biggest? Did did you play center first when you were grade eight, uh, eight ninth grade, or or did they put you at guard? Were you handling the ball? Were you Mister Everything? I, were you, I played center 
But when I would get the rebound, I didn't have to pass it to the guard. I'd dribble it down the court. All <laughs> because, you know, my coach, he seen the talent that I had for my size, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I was one of the guys that was like a six, seven center, mm -hmm. you know, I was a six, seven guard. Mm -hmm. So you were already being an import back then. Huh? You get the ball, bring it all the way in and bring it and lay it up on the other side. Okay, Noel, go ahead. No, I was just yes. going to ask, and, and it's a good thing I heard that because I'm going to change my question now. Um, it's a good thing you didn't follow in the footsteps of Magic Johnson because, you know, that's what he'd do. He'd actually rebound the ball, and then he'd just go straight on down for, for, a, for a layup or probably even the dish out the assist pass. So wasn't, Michael, wasn't Magic Johnson part of your uh, goal as a young basketball player? Well, whenever I seen Magic Johnson – I was what I was in high school already. I think Magic yeah, yeah. Johnson maybe three, four years ahead of me. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I really liked him as a college player. I think he was one of the first guys introduced as a big guard. You know, to mm -hmm. handle the ball, bring it up up the court, and and make those type of decisions. You know, you know, to compare me to Magic Johnson. Hey, Magic Johnson was pretty special. You know, he had a lot of a lot of. <laughs> He played center in, in the NBA to win his first championship right. with the Lakers. You know, right, so right. He, yeah. yeah, he was okay. He was a pretty good player, right? <laughs> <laughs> Magic Johnson. Don't yeah. start with the Lakers thing with us today. <laughs> no, no problem with that. I mean, as long, yeah. as, as, as long as the Celtics are out, it's okay. The Lakers are out. We're I'm both fine eliminated, so so uh, we're, we're we're both yeah. eliminated, so uh, it's okay. Uh, Michael, no, Michael, Sid and Noel are Celtic fans. I'm a Laker fan. Yeah, so, you know, we're all out. We're all we all lost already. So that's it. Right? I think to talk yeah. about there. Those are yeah. two great teams with with great histories. Back in the day, in the finals, all the time it would be the the Celtics and, and the Lakers, but you know those, those times they kind of change, and the Lakers will be back. You know those guys just was injured this 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 year. I think they'll be better next year, and and the Celtics will make some adjustments to be better next year. So, you know this time next year, I think it'll be a totally different picture. Yeah, that's, right. that's what the great that's what the great franchises do. I, at this juncture, I just like to point out, Michael, there are two guys watching right now from from the bunch of guys who are watching us here on AOB. They're former teammates of yours. One of them is Bernie Fabiosa. And then the other guy is uh, Aldo Perez. They played with you in Great Taste when you were in Great Taste okay. your second time around. Those are your teammates. So a couple yeah. of them are watching right now. I remember those guys. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure some of them, some, there's going to be some more watching later on. But, okay, so you went to, to high school in, in Houston as well at Yates, right? And, and, and so how was the, how was the, how was the experience at Yates? Uh, how you, how you, was, your, was your coach... One of your influences did did he leave a lasting impact on you? And how did your team do when you were there? Yes, I mean every team I was pretty much involved in. We almost we always went to the playoffs or the finals and almost won it. You know, when I was at Yates, my first year I played football first, mm -hmm. then I came to the gym and played basketball. And then the next year, my basketball coach said, no, you're not playing football. You're just playing basketball only. So he pulled me from the football field, and, and that was Coach Tommy Malone. He had really had a big influence on me, and he really showed me, you know, where my balance was and where I would be very successful at more so in basketball than football. 
What, what position were you playing in football? Because you are a big guy. I think you're you're like the front liner or something like that on defense or offense. Hey, I, I played both ways. On the offensive side, I played center. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And on the defensive side, I played defensive end. You know, yeah, so good. I played both ways. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was, I was a lineman, but I wasn't a real big, thick guy, but, you know, just kind of strong guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're another one of our guests who actually dabbled in other sports before deciding basketball is the main sport. So that, that, that's a natural thing for your athletes. You know, I guess, you, you know, you, you can't just stick to one sport, right? You, you play whatever you nah, can. And, and also playing on the on the line, you're going to have you're going to get hurt every day. And you know that, right? You're playing you're playing on the line. People are going to try to get you. Yeah, you, you learn how to deal with it. But, you know, football really works in the basketball. That's where the toughness comes from. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you're a football guy and you go on the basketball court, you're just a lot tougher. I right. mean, you used to get hit and you're throwing guys around and having collisions every day. And, you know, you take that mentality to the hardwood and it really makes a difference. You know, yeah, so yeah, whenever you hear guys that play basketball, that play football, there's always a different physicality. Right, right. You know, LeBron yeah. James. But yeah, yeah, I do remember you bumping, you know, using your body to, to get around all the <laughs> defenders, all the, all those three or four defenders that they throw at you all the time. But but yeah, but well, Coach, so, so Coach Malone, uh, you know, decided you're not playing football anymore, you're into basketball. Uh, were, were, were there university scouts uh, coming over to Yates to, to try to recruit you? Of course, University of Houston was probably number one in your mind because you were from there. But were there other guys from all over the U.S. coming there? Well, the thing about it, in Texas, you couldn't play summer ball like they have now, like AAU. Mm -hmm. It was against the UIL rules. You, you couldn't mm -hmm. play. Okay. Our school coaches would just open the gym up for us for the summer, and he would give us a job to keep the gym clean, but, you know, we would make a little money, but all at the same time, we would be in there playing ball. Everybody would come in there and, and play. So the way that uh, I got to University of Houston, Yates and University of Houston is uh, 100 yards from each other. Uh -huh. okay. And, and Guy Lewis didn't let any special talent get out of Houston. And therefore, we had a certain group of guys that was all from Houston that played against each other in high school. And we said it, hey, everybody think Houston, uh, uh, Texas more so, is a football state. It is. You know, supposed to be. Yeah. Let's, let's show them what basketball is all about. So, you know, the Rob Williams, the Clyde Drexlers, the Michael Youngs, the Larry Mishaws. We mm -hmm. all said we stay home right here in Houston and show them that uh, Texas has basketball too. Well, you mentioned all those guys. Uh, you mentioned all those guys. Well, we would, before before that, Michael. Right now, we have a visitor who's here. Right now, he just wants to say hello. Can you let him yeah. in, Aaron? There's a visitor who wants to come in. Wait, huh? Come on, Aaron. Oh, no camera. Oh, yes, no camera though. Oh, there, there's the camera. You remember him? His name's Andy Howe. Hey, man. How you doing, Andy? I'm fine. How you? And you? I'm and doing you? fine. You, man. Long time. What's up, man? How, how are you doing? Hey, I, I have some pictures of me and you at the house, and everybody want to know who's that guy. I said, hey, that's the guy that brought me to the Philippines. 
<laughs> Dr. J, maybe you can share a few uh, stories about Michael Young during your time with him. Oh, it was very pleasant. The only thing that was not pleasant was trying to get him in here. Uh, I almost had my visa expired there. And uh, since he hadn't answered me at that time, I said, I'm flying. If you're coming, you're coming. If you ain't coming, okay, I, I got to look for something. Because I stayed in a month in the States. But then on the first day that we came in, um, when Michael came in uh, with the guys in practice, uh, they were so happy. Uh, they said that we're going to go to the finals, which we did. Uh, mm -hmm. Michael certainly was a great inspiration. We also had another guy, Harold. Harold, yeah. so Harold had come in about three or four weeks earlier than Michael. And he was a pretty good player. He was also an NBA player and played for right, Dallas, right. who's playing right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but the only thing with Harold is he got injured during our practices before the season started, so that really cramped him up a little bit. But Michael and I, even after we disbanded, he went to uh, great taste. I used to go and see him all the time, you know. Michael's uh, and one of the reasons I named my second son Michael Alfred Michael is because Ooh, of Michael. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Yeah, did you hear that's, that? That's interesting. Ah, yeah, that's interesting. Did you, Michael, did you know that or just hear that now? Uh, that's my first time hearing that. You know, actually, in '87, when Michael first came here, I only had one son. My he was only a year and a half. Andrew Thomas, Atom, and I remember in the apartment where uh, Michael lived, it was a, small, a nice swimming pool, and uh, you know, a, a one and a half year old Michael carried him into the pool. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I really miss this guy because uh, he even wrote me when he went to Spain, right? Partner, you played yes. Valladolid, I think, no? And yes. then we're going to France. And he wrote me. And I, every time I go to the States in 97, 98, 2000, so on and so forth, 99, I tried to fi find people to look for him, but I couldn't find him. You know? So I'm very grateful to you, Charlie and... Uh, Noel, no, for giving yes. me this opportunity. We found him yeah. for you, Dr. J. Yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, 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 Michael Young, you did a Benny Anders on Andy Howe. <laughs> Almost. <Yeah. laughs> Almost. Yeah, but hey, definitely before the show was over, I was definitely going to ask about Andy. You yeah. know, that was, that was going to be one of my questions. I haven't talked to Andy, and, man, it's been uh, at least 20-plus years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at Mike. least about, about 90 yeah. was the last time you sent me a picture of you getting married, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> did. <laughs> hey, Michael, well, what do you, Michael, what's your what's your most vivid memory of, of uh, Andy Howe as your team manager back then in 86? Well, we had so many, you know. I just know Andy really took care of me in the Philippines, you know, uh, I had a very uh, great experience with him. I've never forgotten about him. Like he's saying, I've shared a lot of my special memories in life with him. And uh, so many, I mean, you know, he, he kept me up and going, you know, playing over there, uh, trying to stay mentally focused, mentally tough, you know. And, and also in, in the mornings when I would go to practice, man, he would have that famous egg sandwich for me, you know, that – <laughs> oh, here we don't know about egg sandwiches from Dr. J. What about what was that egg sandwich? No, I used to have a good cook, and you know, and, you know, I know Michael doesn't. Uh, he's, a, he's a fit bug, no? He doesn't really eat a lot, 
just enough to and good proteins and everything. So there was a diet to the kind of that's the reason why he gets up in the air and slams it through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember the, how big Michael was at the time, you know, and, and he was telling us earlier because of his football background, he doesn't mind bumping into everybody. All these, all these Pinoy bruisers who were trying to uh, hurt him during his stint here in the yeah, NBA. Yeah. Hey, big guy, Michael Hackett. Yeah, oh, Michael Hackett. Yeah. Yeah, he was on the show. I told him you were going to be on today. He was on the show a few weeks ago, and we did talk about you as well. That was a great matchup in the finals, Doc. Uh, you know, it's, it's we're very happy to have you once again. You know, and, and I, thanks for in, uh, accepting our invitation to drop in and say hello to to, to Michael Young. I'm going to make sure. Hey, Sid, I'm, Dr. J is with us, huh? Yeah. Okay. So I know. I know. I, I've been listening. Okay. Yeah. In the background. Oh, oh. I'm gonna make sure you guys are in touch after this, okay? I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. Michael, I'm gonna give your number to, to Dr. J. I'm giving my email too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll give all your contact details to each other. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, any, anything you wanna say to each other right now before we let Dr. J go and then, then the, continue his Saturday with his family? Go ahead, Michael. Well, I think the only thing that I wanna say is that we're gonna have to eventually see each other again. I mean, it's. <laughs> Long, a, a long time, and uh, I don't know if I'm gonna have to get my my wife, and we gonna have to fly over to the Philippines and why take not? a visit. Or why whenever, not? <laughs> whenever he comes to the state, once we exchange info, that we can get in touch with each other and stay in touch. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I would like to say, Michael, it was really nice for me to see you again. Um, I really miss you a lot. You know. Uh, I, I still keep a lot of contacts with the guys that played for me, you know, or whom I've had special relationships, even though we were opponents on the court. And uh, here's a guy that I'm really surprised he's talking a lot because he's a very quiet person. <laughs> I know he's a very quiet person. <laughs> I am, you know, I'm not a very quiet person, but, you know, over the years, you know, when, when you're uh, doing a show, you're doing media, you know, you really need to talk and be a little more vocal, you know. And, and once we <laughs> finish this here, I'll go back to my silence. <laughs> well, you, you used to let your game do the talking, but you don't play anymore. So you have to talk already now. There you go. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Well, well, Dr. Thank Jay. you very much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank oh, you, Noel. Well. Thank you, Dr. Charlie. Jay. Thank we miss you as well, Doc. We haven't done a game in a long time. So right, hopefully right. we can hopefully the PBA starts up soon. We gotta pray for that. Huh? So yeah. we can start calling games again. Take care, Take care. I'll be talking back. All right, man. Okay. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Doc. Salamat. All right, man. Huh, yeah. Michael. Well, right. that, 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 must have, that sure. must have been a shock, right? That must have been a shocker for you, Michael. Didn't think that you would probably get to talk to Andy. <laughs> I haven't seen Andy in, in a long time. And, you know, he brought me in to the Philippines and really took care of me. He gave me a great experience there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I made sure. And I told him you were going to be on. And I said, hey, well, you want to drop in for a bit? Say hello to, to Michael. And like I said, I'm going to keep you guys in touch. But let's go back to what we were talking about, Michael, uh, right before Andy came in. Uh, you said, you, you mentioned that Guy Lewis didn't let the, the talents from Houston get out of Houston. He made sure they went to him. You mentioned Larry, Rob Williams, you know, Clyde Drexler. Did you play against these guys even in high school? Were you guys, you guys knew each other? Were you all friends already? 
you know, we were all right there from Houston. We played against each other in high school. Like I said, in the summer, we, we didn't have AAU, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't play those games. We would go to each other high schools in the parks and stuff and play against each other. I mean, all of us just grew up together right there in uh, Houston, and and we wanted to go to University of Houston and do something special. Right. And then Guy Lewis, of course, didn't want to let the talent out of Houston, but he found somebody from Africa and brought him in. So what was it like having Akeem Olajuwon come into the program and uh, probably already thinking, oh, this guy's going to be a game changer. But what was that like having Akeem Olajuwon come in? Well, you know, originally when Akeem flew into America, he stopped in New York, New York. because yeah, yeah. he was to go to St. John's. Yeah. And nobody came to the airport to meet him. That was his first stop. And nobody came and he got on the next flight. His next stop was Houston. And when he, when he got to Houston, he showed up in a yellow cab. I'd never forget it. And we were sitting in the coach's office and he walked in and coach Lewis and him, they had a good conversation and we were getting ready to play pickup. And he went over to the gym and um, played some pickup with us. And in pickup ball, he had about 20 blocks. <laughs> after that, uh, coach got him, took him over to the dorms, put him in a room, and he's never left Houston. Well, there's so actually a, an interesting story about Akeem. But he, you're right, he did land in New York, and it was snowing at the time in, in New York, and nobody came to pick him up. And he actually had a conversation with, I think, one of the, 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 the employees at the airport. And he said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Houston. Is it anything like Africa in Houston? Is it not snowing like this? Oh, yeah, you're going to love it there. It's like Africa. That's what made him go to Houston. If he didn't have that conversation with that guy from the airport, he'd probably wind up still going to St. John's. Yeah, well, Houston was his next stop. Mm -hmm. St. John's was his first stop, and he said Houston was was his second stop. How how raw was Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael, when he first arrived? Because even in his freshman year, he only averaged eight points a game. So... So he, I'm sure he was far from what he eventually became. But how, what did you see when this gangly guy from from Nigeria came over in your first practice? Well, he was just 17 years old. You can see he was very young. His upper body uh, was very, very skinny, but he had his legs look very powerful, and that was from playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Well, he was a very powerful guy. He he could really jump. He could really move and run for a big guy. And that's where all his success came from. You know, he could move and do things that other big guys couldn't do. I mean, he had a motor that was off off the charts. You know, mm-hmm. special, special player, you know. Who would have ever known? Yeah. <laughs> Became one of the 50 greatest. Yeah, Michael, I just want to ask about uh, Coach uh, Guy Lewis. Um, of course, you know, before you guys even came on board, he was already a legend at the University of Houston, you know, with Elvin Hayes. Uh, back in the 60s, but how big of an influence was he in uh, Houston, the Houston College scene? Was he as big as, say, Dean Smith in North Carolina? Oh, he was huge. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, North Carolina and the coaches in New York, those guys got all the publicity because those were like basketball places, you know, but if, if you ever think about it, you know, Coach Lewis is one of the winningest teams. Just think about it. He he went to five Final Fours, never won one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he went to two with Elvin Hayes, and during my era, we went to three. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
I mean, he was a very special coach. I don't think he got the publicity yeah. that he should have gotten. It took a long time to put him in the uh, basketball hall, hall of fame. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he should uh, been in, but he was a very special coach, uh, a player's coach. I'm sure any player loved to play for Guy Lewis. How big? How big was he, Michael? Because he did in his bio. It says he played forward center for for your same university. Was he a big guy? Oh, he was like like six four. You know, back then in his day, at six four, he was a big guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, you know, he 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 seemed to be a tough guy. You know, he carried himself like <laughs> he was a tough guy around us. You know, but he was a good guy. He really was. <laughs> So when the team got together finally, and you, what was your impression when you had guys like Williams, Drexler, Olajuwon, all of these guys, Anders, come all together and say, hey, you know what? We could make a splash in the NCAA. Yeah, well, you know, we knew it. You know, we, we knew it. Uh, Coach Lewis put a basketball schedule for us out there in, in, in preseason to be seen. And the Southwest Conference was not a bad conference. You had Arkansas. You had a lot of other good uh, universities in there. But mm -hmm. we were just waiting on the tournament. I mean, like all the guys, you know, the colleges that that we played against, you know, you know, we were not afraid. We knew we had just as much or not more talent than what they had. You know, nobody knew about Houston. We went to the tournament. They were saying, hey, who is this University of Houston team? You know, but – we had a lot of confidence in us. Talk about the word five slamma jamma and how that came about when you all came on board for the University of Houston. Well, it was a uh, guy, a writer for the Houston Chronicle named Thomas Bunk. Mm -hmm. And he came up with the name five slamma jamma like a, a college fraternity, you know, Texas tallest fraternity, five slamma jamma you know and it was a it was a real catch because what the name said you know we were famous for dunking you know five slamma jamma you know and it, it it really caught on and uh it was very very special yeah and you guys well, embraced it remember you had t-shirts already right? there, there was yeah, a time you guys yeah. were all wearing there's, there's yeah. a shot of that in the doc you you're all wearing the t-shirt and yeah, and all yeah. That. And, but you did have the you did have mm -hmm. the personnel who would actually dunk i mean mm -hmm. were there guys who didn't usually dunk but when you were called five slamma jamma they started dunking <laughs> i mean if everybody on on the team could dunk you know we had uh two brothers the bunch brothers they were seven feet you know i mean we had a big team i mean our team was a size of a NBA team, you know, as well as our point guard was Alvin Franklin. Y'all remember mm -hmm. Alvin Franklin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. yeah great yeah. taste. Yeah, played for great taste. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, we had some pretty big guys in certain positions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the lineup, uh, the four years that you played there. You had Rob Williams in your first two years, and then Alvin Franklin came in a, a bit later to become one of the regulars. Hakeem came in in your in your sophomore year. Clyde wow. left before your senior year, but but the consistent one there is is really you because you you averaged yeah. double figures in all four years, and you were the leading scorer in the in your in your junior and senior years for this squad. Um, you know, and, and so you had a lot of success. You were second place in the SEC twice. You were first place in your in your latter two years. 
So you were winning. You were beating people. You reached the final four. But as you said, you know, you didn't win the championship. How, how did that feel for you guys? I mean, how was the, the atmosphere after losing, especially the heartbreaker against NC State? Yeah, that's the one. You know, it, it really hurts to lose. And as I get older, I can deal with it better. Mm -hmm. Just look at it from a standpoint. You know how hard it is to go to three Final Fours? Mm -hmm. Not even yeah. talk about winning it, but just to go to three. But okay. early on, of course, whenever we first lost the game, it was a bad, bad feeling. You know, but I felt like we could have won it. But, you know, we just we just couldn't get over the hump with that. You know, and, and, and I think that had a lot to do with Coach Lewis being inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame so late. Yeah. Because they felt like his team should have won at least a couple of those final fours, you know. But, you know, I don't feel bad about it, you know. I mean, I went to, to three final fours, four NCAA tournaments, came away with with no wins. But, you know, I'll sit down and talk to uh, any college players you know, about uh, how many Final Fours did you go to? I, I went to three. You're talking about a, a great experience. <laughs> right, right. Right, right, right. Great experience That's as well. right, yeah. Yeah, history is a bit unfair to, to you guys, I think, because mm -hmm. people tend to remember who was who was left standing at the end of the entire tournament. But, uh, yeah, if you look at that, uh, you know, making it three straight, that, that might even be a greater accomplishment in many respects yeah. than actually winning it all one time. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, I, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of special memories there, a lot of hard work. I mean, we, we had the recipe. You know, we knew how many games we had to win to make it through each each round. You know, and each year we were losing players and other players were stepping up. So it was it was quite a process. Yeah, and uh, you're you're yeah, that whole five Sama Jam also had a, an ESPN thirty for thirty uh, special made yeah. about you guys, right? Yeah. yeah, actually, I just wanted to ask you, Michael. Yeah, we I watched that. Um, you weren't you weren't in the final cut. Were you interviewed or were you contacted to, for that uh, series? You know, they, they contacted me. We never could get a chance for them to actually interview me. You know, uh, I have five kids, active kids. You know, I have a son that played in the NBA. He's playing in China now. I've been various places with him. I have another son that played college basketball. I have a daughter that's that's in 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 college. Um, I'm a grandfather to twins. I have two more other grandkids. I'm just all over the place, man, and just never got a chance to really sit down and do an interview with the thirty for thirty. Ah, uh, okay, that explains it. Okay, we we were all uh, wondering. How come you know Michael Young? Yeah, 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 especially here in the Philippines. Yeah, I was too. After I seen it, I said, "Man, yeah. okay." Well, especially because you led them in scoring too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, should, there should have been more of you in in, in that in that uh, thirty for thirty. Yeah. yeah. Look like Charlie's frozen. Yeah, Charlie looks like he's frozen though. Yeah. <laughs> I can still hear you, Charlie. It's like you're about to sneeze. That's what it looks like here. <laughs> Okay, so as Charlie tries to recover <laughs> uh, from from that one, so you okay now, Charlie? He's still frozen. 
All right, so so am let's good, uh, let's continue already? the conversation. I think you're still am recovering right now. No? Uh, now yeah, you're moving. Better. Now you're moving. A little. Yeah. Excellent, Go ahead. But... Yeah. Now he's frozen again. Charlie's frozen again. All right, I'm going to continue the conversation right now. So with the University of Houston, your career winding down there, how many okay. NBA scouts actually can, can came you to hear you me already say, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ask good. a question to Michael and then I'll give it back to you. So, Michael, after University of Houston career, you know you were turning pro. How many scouts came over and gave you a tryout with their respective teams in the NBA? Well, it wasn't really about a tryout. I knew I was going to be a first-round pick. You know, so, you know, you would go in. I went in. I interviewed with the Philadelphia 76ers. I interviewed with the Clippers. I interviewed with the Phoenix Suns. And um, they said during their pick, if I'm available, they're going to draft me in the first round. So originally, um, the first pick for me to come up was the Philadelphia 76ers had the ninth pick. I think they drafted Barkley number five. Mm -hmm. And then the next pick was number nine, and they passed on me. They drafted Leon Wood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the Clippers had the 11th pick, and they passed on me. They drafted Lancaster Gordon. And then all of the picks went by. All of the teams already had the players they were going to pick. And the last pick of the first round, the Celtics, seeing that I was still there, and the Celtics drafted me the last pick of the first round. So it, right. it wasn't really about scouts coming to you. Talk to the scouts can't really talk to you like that. You know, they can mm -hmm. interview you. They can talk to your coaches. And once the season is over with, you know, they'll fly you in and uh, interview you. Okay. Just like a regular job. Yeah. So there's no there's no like a workout process. We want to see how you work out with the team if you're going to mesh. No, nothing like that, right? Well, uh, they had a, a workout uh, in Chicago. Combine. Uh, combine. Yeah, yeah. Combine. You know, uh, uh, I was invited to the to, to the combine, and um, I really didn't have to go, but I went anyway. And I, I had a good, good, good combine. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about landing with the Celtics? They were the defending champions back then. They they actually beat the Lakers, right? And seven games yeah. that year uh so yeah but how would you feel about that i was very excited you know to get drafted by the celtics you know to hear the celtics call my name i think they drafted me as the best player available i didn't think they really needed a player of my talent mm -hmm. then they were really loaded i think uh mm -hmm. the, the 76ers is the team i should have went to with with my guy uh julius irving yeah you know, but, uh -huh. but uh uh uh, passed on me and whenever Boston drafted me, you know, I think it would have been better if I would have went into the second round, you know, and got to a team that uh, really needed my, my talents. I was thinking oh, if okay. you had been drafted by the 76ers, you'd probably be the backup to Andrew Tony. I don't think that would have worked out for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I love those guys. Hey, I ended up playing with the 76ers. Anyway. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's, right. that's the key. And you know, whenever I went to them later on, the general manager there said he made a mistake. He should have drafted me right out of college. So yeah, you played with them right before you came to Manila, right? Uh for, for Manila beer. 
Right. Yeah. We have. We're supposed to have a guest already now, right? There's another he's there. guest. He's there. Coming in. He's there. He's waiting. Okay. He's waiting. Yeah. Okay. Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in. There you go. Arrow, what's up, man? What's going on? <laughs> How you doing? I'm not as good as you, but you know, I'm. I'm, trying, I'm hanging in here, though. Come on. No, I'm just Arrow. saying, man. I'm doing really well. I'm blessed. I can't ask for too much more out of life. I know it. I see you <laughs> over here in some good company, huh, Michael? Great, great company, man. Great company. I'm, I'm looking at these guys, man. I've seen Andy. I mean, it's business. <laughs> yeah, Andy, Andy dropped in earlier, Harold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Andy's a good guy. You guys got Michael Young on your show. You can't get too many people big, more big time than Michael Young. Five oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah you're right. You guys know it's big time. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, but Harold, tell us a few stories. Harold, tell us a few stories about you and Michael and your time uh, with, with the, here in the Philippines. Okay, I'm going to tell, tell you two stories. One of them, the first one I'm going to tell you is uh, me and Michael in the Philippines, we both scored 50 points in the game. I know you talked about that, and we still ended up losing. And Michael and I looked at each other. Michael said, what else are we supposed to do? I said, Michael, we, we supposed to win. So yeah, you're game, supposed to we, score we 52. Yeah, not no, just 50, you need to score 52. <laughs> and still not enough, right, Charlie? <laughs> hey, but also, I went to visit and stayed with Michael for a while in Houston, and Michael's wife was having a baby, and she had a baby, and then after that, I said, okay, Michael, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to, uh, now that I've seen you, you know, I used to do it, whatever Mike do, I try to do it. So I said, I'm going to go home, and I'm going to make me a Michael, too, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> I want you guys to meet my son, Michael. This oh, is Michael. I love you, Michael. Hey, Michael. Hey, Michael. Hey, how are you doing, man? That's, Michael was named after Michael Young. He played overseas. I think he graduated from college, played in college. He played overseas in Venezuela. You know, he was well, born right. there, so he was able to be an import playing over there. And uh, Hey, hey. Nice man, to meet you, Michael. Yeah, man. Still in pamphlets, man. <laughs> so he's a good guy, just like Michael Young. He just okay. had a birthday yesterday. I can't believe it. That was 28 years ago now. So, wow. hey, wow. when I first met Michael Young, we played in uh, the Cougar Classic. It was a tournament in the University of Houston where Five Slamma Jamma played. And, and you know, they had King Lajuan and Clyde Drexler. And we, uh, we went out there to play, and, and Michael and I both were on the all-tournament team. And uh, actually, actually, this was when Clyde had already left. So Akeem was still there, though. So me and Michael Young, we had made all-tournament. They gave us these watches. So Michael wow. and I, when we played in the Philippines, we both still had the watch. That was kind of cool that we uh, <laughs> had that thing. That's something to remember. Uh, but well, I, don't know, know, I, I don't know if you got to the, the party earlier. As yeah, far sorry, as the Philippines, sorry. I remember most, we had a driver named Ernie. We used to drive me and Michael around, and Michael and I would go and buy some suits and the material and take it to the seamstress. And we bought uh, tailor made suits and tailor made shoes and had our initials on the shoes. Man, me and Michael was trying to go shopping every day out there. We had a great time. We had a, I need to visit the Philippines again. Yeah, you guys have Why to not? visit, man. Yeah, all over. And get that same drop. Was his name Dante? Our, yeah, we had a driving there. Dante at first, then we had Ernie. They, okay. they made sure they kept us out of trouble. <laughs> oh, they gave us a ride so we wouldn't have to ride the Jipney. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Hey, I don't know if you heard that part earlier, Harold. Of course, you weren't on the show yet, but Andy Howe actually named his son Michael after Michael as well. Yeah, you know, Michael was, a, it's about probably 100 guys in the Philippines named Michael. 
<laughs> the way he was shooting those three pointers over there, scoring sixty-two and fifty-five and all of that. Hey, and he had being a good guy, you know, you want your son to be named after somebody who's somebody positive doing positive oh, and, things. And Harold, you led the league in assists. That conference, a lot of those assists were to Michael. Yeah, no, I think all of them was to Michael. Yeah, you got to be careful. You know, you get the ball to Michael, you, you hope you get assists because you're not getting it back. You yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he's, he was getting paid to shoot, Harold. Michael was getting paid to shoot, right? Yeah, he wasn't getting paid enough. You know, they should have paid Michael double the amount money as many points as he scored over there. He was doing a good job. Hey, Michael, how about how about a story that you have for Harold? Uh, sorry, sorry, Harold. Michael, how about a story of uh, you and Harold that you can share with us? You know, the, all the stories that Harold just said, he stole them from me. But the thing that I, I remember the most is that we used to work out in the gym every day. We used to play one-on-one -on -one full court. That's right. Wow. We used to go in there and work out and work out because we wanted to win. I mean, I love this guy here. You know, this guy really, by us working out playing full court every day, that helped both of us. And even mm -hmm. after the Philippines, we went on to play. That really carried us on through our whole whole career. You know, I've never played with another guy, another teammate that was better than Harold Killing. Wow. You know, guys, wow. I, we're not supposed to be there yet because we're going chronologically. We're not there yet at Manila Beer. <laughs> but, but since you're both here already, can you, since you're both here, can you talk to us about the finals against Ginebra? What do yeah. you remember? What were you guys talking about when you get after the game? You know, if you, after you lose, after you win, what what would you guys tell each other? I remember playing after we lost that game. We both scored fifty. We had to get some strategies to to play against them. And I also remember Jaworski beating the heck out of me every time I'm going to the basket. Then they had the Lozaga brothers. They were following all the time. Then, you know, with Michael Hackett and Billy Ray Bates, Michael Hackett had scored 100 points in one game. And Billy Ray Bates had had a good career with the Portland Trailblazers. So there was a tough uh, opponent. They was about the only team that beat us that year. So we uh, we had a, a tough opponent. We was a good team. I wish we can go out there and play them again next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like that year we should have really, really won it. You know, but, you know, those guys played some – some tough basketball, a um, lot of calls, what wasn't called. But, hey, I'm, I'm not complaining. I really, really enjoyed it. And, hey, I mean, whenever you whenever you lose and you know, you learn this as, as a pro, it's, it's short thinking. I mean, you got to get ready for the next one. I mean, you think about what you didn't do right, then you got to move on. You know, and uh, Harold did that the best. You, you guys were a great tandem, the two of you, man. You guys were, were pretty exciting. People remember you. That was just one conference you were together, but everybody remembers you guys. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have any messages for each other? I want to give a message. I want to shout out to Jacob Young and uh, to Joe Young. I watched them play in, in college and in the NBA, and they, they did a good job and take after. The dad, I remember being in Michael's driveway. His son said his jump shot falls from heaven, falls softly from heaven. 
<laughs> Michael and I laughed at that. Michael looked at me and said, man, I never heard that one. I got to use that one sometime. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice laugh. Huh? Well, definitely, man. Those guys love, love the game. You know, uh, Jacob is going, he's going to play in Oregon next year. So he's going to, he's going to finish up there. Joe is now playing in uh, China. Uh, you know, uh, Harold Michael Jr. has twins. Wow. Joseph has two, uh, Zoe and Joy. So everything's move, moving along, man. And, and it was really a blessing for me to see your son, Michael, who you named after me. I, I, I right. remember that, but I, I didn't think it was 28 years ago. That's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. It really is. Really? Time flies. I know. Hey, so I know this is Michael Young's show, and it's his night. So I just wanted to stop in and say hi and uh, shout out to Michael and his family. And you guys doing a good job over there in the Philippines. I'm gonna see you when I get there. Okay. Thanks Thank so you very much. Thanks, Harold. Hey, I'm always good to see you, man. Okay, champ. All right. Yeah, All right. All right, Harold. Yeah. Thanks, Harold. All right. Bye, bye now. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm. Let me see. So it's like a, it's like that thing called "This Is Your Life," right? You got Andy Howe come in, you got Harold <laughs> Keeling come in, and uh, we don't know who's going to come in. Maybe we get another guy come in. Probably Billy Ray Bates. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, but then all of us, you know, we talked about it earlier. I know you guys. When I when I was having internet problems, you guys jumped into the NBA already. You were drafted by Boston and all of that. But mm. I just want to ask, where were you when Lorenzo Charles caught the short shot and and dunked it in? Were, were you on the court at that time? What, 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 you know exactly what did you see, and what was your reaction to all of that? Did you realize what happened immediately, or did you have to check the clock and then ask people? Did he? Make it, you know? of, of course, I did. If if you watch the video when he dunked the ball, I'm the guy under the basket calling time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we still had two or three seconds left on the clock, but it was such an exciting moment they just let the time run off. But I was standing yeah. right there because uh, at half court, Benny Anders almost stole the ball, and it made mm -hmm. the defense shift to get ready to run up the court, and that pulled the team out of position to block Lorenzo Charles out because he was getting ready to run down the court. And when he shot the ball, Lorenzo Charles was in the right place at the right time and caught it and dunked it. And I was right there calling mm -hmm. timeout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, so sorry to bring you have to bring yeah. those memories. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're not too too happy thinking about that, but <laughs> I'm a, you know, I, I I think about that that game and although although we lost it, you know, it, it's one of the greatest moments in college basketball, good or bad. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Because you got Jimmy V running all over the place yeah. right after that. He was yeah, looking for someone yeah. to hurt. And that was the exactly. most iconic Jimmy V shot I ever. We have Jimmy V special every year mm -hmm. without that play yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right that's yeah he right. was yeah. he was running around the court looking he, for someone to celebrate with <laughs> that was quite a sight yeah but yeah, you yeah. know that game uh, it was it's been analyzed it, it was a low scoring game you know uh they the uh you know north carolina state sort of uh, dictated the tempo but what was guy lewis telling you guys at halftime when you know uh things weren't going your way well, you know, the game was was pretty tight. You know, uh, Coach Bavano, he was he was a very smart coach. He knew that they couldn't run with us, 
So they they were stalling us, you know, uh, slowing the ball down, slowing us down. But in the second half, we started to pull away, and I think we went up by 10. I think, I'm not for sure, but we were getting ready to get into the game and start playing our style of play. And Coach Lewis put us in a four-corner offense and slowed us down again. And they started fouling us, and we couldn't make free throws. Right, right. Yeah. And they were making shots. And when you plan against the team, a team like us, we have everything to lose, which would make a player kind of tight. And NC State had nothing to lose. If they win or lose, it was all game. You know, so that's that's that was the biggest turn of of the game there to say that they slowed us down. We weren't able to do what we do, and that's get the running up and down the court, dunking the basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then of course you you returned to the final four the year out the to the final the year after that against Georgetown. Uh, you know, didn't 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 get that victory as well. It was tough, I guess, against a strong front line, especially of of. of Patrick Ewing. Of Georgetown, Patrick Ewing, yeah. and then you know Patrick Ewing and Akeem, it was pretty well matched, you know. But you know, I had two of my young guys, Ricky Winslow and Greg Anderson. You know, right. they Cadillac. did a great job, a great job that that year. But you know, Georgetown just had some more veterans. Yeah, that's right. And so you did, and then eventually you went onto the NBA. You got drafted by Boston, but you ended up playing for Phoenix instead. Um, did any of you guys ask that already earlier? How did you end up no, with Phoenix? No, no, no. Well, I, I went to the CBA and uh, mm-hmm. Phoenix uh, brought me in. Okay. Just like uh, the 76ers did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the CBA and, and the 76ers picked me and brought me in. So you did get to play with your with your idol? Yes, I did. <laughs> How how was that for you? How was that for you? Can you tell us about your Julius Irving experience? It was great, man. He called me his rookie. You know, I mean, you know, we almost ate lunch after practice every day. Uh, when we would leave Philly to go play the Washington Bullets then, you know, that's only like an hour drive. Mm-hmm. You know, normally the team would catch the bus. I would be on the bus, but he would always drive. He would come get me off the bus for me to ride ride with him. So, you know, I had a, had a great relationship with him. After, after practice, we used to play one-on-one every day. Every, every day. Hey, he's, he's, still, he's still a great guy. Mm-hmm. Really is. Wow. So how'd you do in those one-on-one uh, battles? <laughs> I won some. Yeah, yeah. I won some. I didn't win many. He used to, he used to want to have a dunk contest. I never could win that. Oh yeah, how can you beat Dr. J at a dunk contest, right? And you are fine slamma jamma, but he's Dr. J, man. So just, just ask him to do a three-point shootout with you. You have the edge. Yeah, if it's a three-point shootout, you'd win. You'd win. Of course, you were you were the you were an MVP in the CBA as well when you played for Detroit. Uh, so you did your stuff over there in the CBA, and that's why you got your call-ups and all that. So and then you came to Manila. But yeah, we'll we'll uh We'll, we'll continue talking about the career of, of Michael Young. We'll just take a short break to remind everybody, Aaron, that we are part of the Globally Balling Network, uh, an eternity of basketball uh, with lots of shows on the Globally Balling Network, including Who the Heck Are We? with Coach Dante Alinsonurin in their latest episode. So please catch that episode on the Globally Balling Network. Uh, Denise Densai talked to Michelle Cobb on Hang Time. So that should be interesting. 
And uh, so catch that show as well. Check out globallyballing.com for all, all these articles and projects and check out the social media of GB as well. We're on YouTube. All our episodes are on YouTube. So please subscribe to our YouTube, uh, the, the YouTube channel of Globally Balling. Only the five most recent will be on our Facebook page. Globally Balling Southeast Asia, another avenue to check out tidbits and clips from the different shows on the Globa Globally Balling Network. Link three slash Globally Balling is the link you need for all of that. Okay, so episode 83 continues with Michael Young. And Andy Howe was here earlier to tell us that he had a, you know, a month's stay in the U.S. to recruit Michael Young to come and play for Manila Beer. Okay, so eventually he was able to convince you, Michael. Uh, what made you say yes? Well, I was just trying to get my mind prepared for the ride that he told me I was getting ready to take. You know, I think I had to fly from Houston to San Francisco, from San Francisco to Hawaii, yeah. then from Hawaii to the Philippines. Looked like I was flying for about three days. <laughs> but, you know, once I did it a couple of times, it really wasn't bad. And, and I'm really happy that I really went over to the Philippines to play. It was a great experience. San Francisco, San Francisco, Honolulu, Honolulu, Manila. Yeah, yeah San Francisco, probably. Honolulu, Honolulu, Philippine Manila. Airlines, that's probably. the probably. No, that's oh. the problem, right? Yeah, that is the Philippine Airlines, Airlines route. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, was this your first overseas trip out uh, uh, after college? Is your first time out of the country? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, you know, it was it was it was a little little different mindset. You know, uh, getting ready to to leave the country to to go play, mm -hmm. and um, I never looked. I never looked back. Um, I came back for one year and played for the Clippers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's right. oh, and after that, I left and went back overseas again. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Michael, can we just rewind when the, the first time you met Andy Howe and he had this proposal for you, come play in the Philippines, what was your first reaction? I mean, had you heard already about the, the professional league here? Yes, Have I you heard, even heard about the Philippines. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, Rob Williams is trying to get me to come play with him. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. You know, right, right. Uh, and Andy was telling me uh, to play with um, Manila Beer, mm -hmm. and you know, I I ended up going with with uh, Andy. I want to say. Either I met Andy in San Francisco, I think, and we flew in together, something like that. It's been a long mm -hmm. time. I, I can't really remember. Yeah, yeah. But what was your first reaction when you finally got to that Manila International Airport and you're in this country where all of these taxi cabs are just all over the place? What was your first uh, impression about the Philippines when you first landed? Hey, I just wanted to get to the hotel and go to sleep, man. <laughs> when I first got in, uh, it got me to the hotel. I got something to eat and uh, fell asleep and got me up early the next morning. And I went to practice. And then that's when my view of the Philippines start started going on. And, and I didn't really know much about it then. I thought it was like a very tropical place. looked like a place where it was beaches and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like 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 that, but uh, no, the F Philippines was uh, I seen 
all the jeepneys and stuff like that and all the smoke and stuff. But, hey, I mean, you know, I grew up tough, you know. So for me mm-hmm. to do anything, nothing, it wasn't it wasn't a, wasn't a big deal. I was there to play basketball. You you had played in the with the with the premier program Houston and then you played in the NBA CBA, then you go to practice the first time you know here with Manila Beer and you see this cast of characters, uh, two former MVPs Abit Gidabe and Atoyko, yeah. and the rest of the team Yoyo Villamil etc. What were you thinking when you entered practice there? You saw of course Harold's there. You probably spoke to Harold first, you know. But but when you're looking at all these guys going through the drills and you're seeing Atoyko shoot all these loopers from outside and making every one of them and all that what are you thinking what's what's going on in your mind right now are, do we have a chance to win the championship this looks like a good bunch of players or or what or or i think i have my work cut out for me what are you thinking well i i, I took andy howe's word you know he told me we had some veteran guys um that we would have a pretty good good team and he was talking about all of the players that you're talking about i can't really remember everybody name I, I remember the players and said we had harold and i didn't know who, who the players were from the other teams and what the league really looked like so my first impression i was okay because for me we had some guys that could shoot the ball and shooting is big mm-hmm. you know if you have guys that they can score that means you you can win okay who was your first friend among the Filipinos when you met them? Uh, who did you first, uh, you know, have a relationship with? It's, uh, I like this guy. He's cool. Who among the Filipinos became your first friend on, on Manila Beer? You know, I can't pinpoint one. Uh, and I was good with, with all of them. And I want to say uh, one of them, one of the younger guys I really became good friends with, I want to say... Alan Kydick? Yeah, that was a great taste. Yeah, that's a great taste. Yeah, that's a great taste. Yeah, he was a rookie. I'm getting it confused. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I guess it was. You know, all all of the guys were uh, uh, good. I mean, everybody was was uh, friendly, and you know, I went over to players' house to like eat, and we did things together as a a team. You know, and I, I just can't remember. Just you know, just one player to say, well, I was cool with him. Mm-hmm. I was cool with everybody. But how big of a deal was it for you, Michael, to come here for the first time and then have uh, a couple of your former college teammates playing yeah. for uh, another team? You know, Benny Anders. We're talking about Benny Anders and Rob Williams. Rob Williams. I thought it was cool, you know, because Rob <laughs> Williams had been over there before, and he came home, and he was like I said, he was trying to recruit me. Mm-hmm. And so he ended up getting Benny instead of me. You know, he right. was telling me, Mike, if you don't come, I'm going I'm gonna bring Benny. And he brought Benny, but all at the same time, he had no idea that I was talking to Andy Howe <laughs> about for Manila beer. Right, right. So but when did he find out that already played yeah. here too? Yeah, but when did he find out that you were gonna play for Manila Beer? Only when you were in the Philippines already? Yeah, or? probably right. He was he was already over. He was he was in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah he yeah. was there before me, and, and I want to say they may have played a game or so. Uh, I think the league had already started before I got there. Mm-hmm. I want to say that you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. and he seen me come over there and 
you know, he was cussing and fussing at me. <laughs> because when we played them, I hit a buzzer beater at the buzzer. Yeah. Him yeah. And ran out of the gym to and to he eliminate him. Yeah. He eliminated yeah. my team, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah he yeah. was cussing at me. That was, that was the semifinal. The yeah. That was the semifinal matchup. You knocked them out. One well, second left, point. Top of the key, right? Off the off the back. And straight into the locker room. He went home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and took off. Hey, whatever happened to Norman Black? He's still here. He's still here. He's still here. He's he yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. He's still, what's son, your recollection of Norman Black? Yeah, but what's your recollection of Norman Black? Yeah, well, we have we have uh, photos of him. Oh, okay, Norman. okay, yeah, okay. Norman, Norman's son is already playing in the PBA. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. playing for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, since we're going back with those memories and all the Norm Black, let's start the photo. We have a photo slide showed right now, Michael. Let's look at the photos. Here you are at the University of Houston. That's the guys taller than Hakeem. <laughs> yes, yeah. that, those are the two bunch brothers I was telling you about. Yeah, yeah. And this guy that's uh, number 12 that's right below me. Uh-huh. Renato Thomas, he passed last week. They had his phone. Oh, oh, oh wow. Okay. Oh, out of rest in peace. Out of uh, all of the guys that I played with in college, he and Rob Williams is the only two that has passed. Wow. Yeah. So you have Alvin Franklin there in the middle, and then mm -hmm. Benny Anders on the left no, side yeah, standing. That's, that's Benny. Uh, yeah. Rob, Rob, he was already gone to the NBA. Mm hmm. 22 is that is that Clyde? That's no. Clyde, right? That's Clyde, right? 22. That's me, Clyde, Akeem, yeah. Larry Bishaw. Yeah. Yeah, there's Reed Geddes, Alvin Franklin. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, this great is before memories. Cadillac, right? This is before Cadillac. Yeah, Cadillac came in yeah, 84, because, 83. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, Clyde, Clyde is still there. Clyde yeah. Bishaw left. Uh, Cadillac and Ricky Winslow came in. Right. Right. Uh huh. They both made okay. the NBA as well. Great. Yeah, well, that's so long, for a five slam jammer without Rob Williams. This is 40 years ago. <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh. That's, um, that is 40 years ago, is yeah, yeah. yeah, where is Benny Anders? Well, they found him already. That was the, that was the question. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole quest <laughs> of uh, five slam jammer 30 for 30. Yeah. <laughs> they tracked him down. That was yeah, nobody could really find Benny. You know, that was pretty much Benny Dill and uh, he just like disappeared off the map but they found him in, in Detroit uh -huh. and that's where his dad lived also and I think he's back there right now you know Benny was a great guy and but that's the type of guy he's he's always been you know you can sort of lose him <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Well, it's hard to lose people now. It's easy to, to find uh, to, to get contact. But but you know, if he if he had come to the Philippines in '86 with this body that he has in this photo when he was slim and trim, I'm pretty sure he would have done much better. Maybe, yeah. like I said, Rob recruited him there, and yeah. I don't think uh, he was in shape before he got there. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it showed. It showed during the games. Actually, I actually have a question about uh, about the Benny Anders rift. Yeah, I have a question about the Benny Anders. Was it sensationalized? This uh, celebrated rift, uh, rift with the team when he was no longer when he was no longer getting the star uh, treatment. Uh, you know, when Ricky and Cadillac came in, 
uh, whenever Clyde left, Benny felt like he should have been the next guy to move into Clyde's spot, but Ricky Winslow did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was a little something going on there, and, you know, everything just pretty much changed for him a little bit. And I sort of agree with him, you know, he should have been the next guy to step in, but Coach Lewis, excuse me, Coach Lewis seen it differently. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, the thing was was what Coach Lewis was trying to get him to see, at that time, the sixth man on teams was, like, huge. Mm -hmm. They were just as important as the starting five. And he was trying to get him to buy into that role and actually play that role, and he didn't, he didn't want, to, want to play that role because that's what we called him, instant offense. When he came in the game, he was instant offense. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think if he would have played that role, I think he would have been a first-round pick because he had unbelievable right. talent. Yeah, yeah. Not too bad. He yeah. played uh, two games here, I think, before he got replaced. And uh, his second game, his last game, he scored something like 40-plus because I think Rob Williams sat out that second game with an injury, so he had to carry the load. Unfortunately, his team lost again, so... The uh, Tandwai chose to chose to replace it, but he showed flashes. Yeah, of, yes. his, uh, of his talent during those two games. Yeah, he had a couple of dunks, nice dunks. I remember. Oh yeah, when he played there. Yeah, Michael, I, I just noticed your your jersey number forty two. Was there a, is there a special reason why it was forty two? Did you choose that? Uh, you know, I've just always liked number number forty two. You know, when I played football, my number was fifty five. Okay. In, in basketball, if I could get it, it was always number 42. You know, when you go to Europe, you don't have those numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Number was like, like 4 to 15. Yeah. 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 42. I, I also think of James Worthy when you say Yeah, 42. yeah. I was thinking James Worthy, but, but you don't play anything like James Worthy. No. <laughs> yeah. Two different uh, players. Yeah. 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 But I, I've always liked num number 42. My, my youngest boy that's playing in college right now. He's a uh, he, he's a point guard, and his number is mm -hmm. two. So, <laughs> wow. Okay. Great. Okay. Next photo, please. Oh, that's the one, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is different. Oh, this is no. a different one. But this is a college. This is a college game. Yeah. You see Alvin Franklin, Benny Anders, and yeah. Michael Young in one photo. So three former yeah. PBA imports. Yeah. One photo. That's, uh, that's against Louisville. That's when we played Louisville in, in Albuquerque. That's when we had that dunk fest. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. And then just look how high uh, Hakeem got up to block that shot. What did he change his name? What did he add that age? Uh, that I that part of history always escaped me because he was in the NBA. In the NBA already. Yeah. Because in the yeah, NBA, he, he was put the age in, right? Right. I guess when he first got here. You know, everybody thought it was Hakeem, and he knew it was Hakeem, but he just never changed it until he got in the, the NBA. So I guess he felt yeah, yeah. with saying it's an H instead of an A. Right, mm, right. Okay. You know, this might be the only photo that features three former PBA imports and two NBA Hall of Famers. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's a great yeah, we photo. Don't know, a great, we don't know who the shot. players of Louisville are, though. There might be a PBA import in there as well. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I know uh, that's Lancaster Gordon and that's Charlie Jones. 
Okay, so they, they didn't play in the PBA, but yeah, the, the NBA talent as well. Yeah. yeah. Lancaster, Former Louisville player who played in the PBA was uh, Billy Thompson. Hey, uh, yeah. Lancaster Gordon, that's the guy the Clippers drafted instead of me. Mm. That's right. Right, right. Well, there's Hakeem doing his thing. Boy, oh boy, look at how close his head is to the rim. You, you, you actually played uh, in, in the NBA, Michael. You actually played with some guys who became PBA imports as well. You played with Leon Wood. With uh, yeah. with with the with Philly, mm -hmm. Leon Wood played played for for Pure Foods in the in the PB. You you played with Michael Holton, right, in Phoenix? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played with Michael Holton when I got when I went to uh, Philly. Leon Wood was gone. Oh, okay. oh okay. he was gone already. Okay, but Michael Holton played for Phoenix. He played for Great Taste the year before you played for Great Taste. Yes, brought them to the finals, but they, but uh, yeah, they they lost to Tandwai there, and then you also played with Jay Edwards in for the Clippers. Right, right. Yeah, he played he played here for San Miguel. Okay, as well. So so, so these are guys that uh, yeah, you played with them, and they played here as well. Some other guys also, of course, in the in the NBA draft that you were in played mm. played here in the Philippines. Guys like uh, Kenny Fields and and uh, Corey Blackwell, Steve Burt. Steve Coulter, all those guys, yeah. Lou Jackson, Joe Binion, Bobby Parks, David Pope, all these guys were from yeah, their draft. Yeah. whole bunch of you guys played in there. Hey, but you know, that's one of the richest drafts in NBA history. You're talking about the 84 draft. Yeah, Perhaps yeah. still number one overall in terms of – do you agree with that, Michael? Was that the best draft class yeah, that was, that was, in NBA history, 84? Yeah. I mean, they're still talking about it. They're still talking yeah, about yeah. the 84 draft. You know, I, I mean – for me to move from being the number nine pick to the 24th pick, you know, they was changing their minds about players throughout the whole draft. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And uh, they still, they had some type of special on that talking about the, the 84 draft and they called me and Akeem, they call us bookends because <laughs> he was the first pick in the first round and I was the last pick. Imagine if uh, if Hakeem had had actually if someone picked him up at the airport in New York, he would have played for St. John's. He would have been yeah. with Chris Mullen. Yeah. He would have been with Chris Mullen. <laughs> the two of them would have been there. Right. Yeah, but you know that's it didn't work out that way. But yeah, so yeah, okay. Let's check out the next photo in the gallery. Here you are. Uh, there you there go. You. Okay. <laughs> two young men. I mean, you, it really hasn't changed much, has it? Looks like <laughs> <laughs> Look at Coach, man. I haven't seen yeah. him. Coach Tito Duque. What did you think about him, Michael, when you first met him? I mean, he was in, in white all the time. He's wearing yeah. white, and he was a bit older, I guess, than the other coaches too, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's he was, your impression? He was great to play for. He didn't have much to say. I mean, you know, he would, he would say what he had to tell you. Uh, you know, we would go eat some sushi or something. I mean, I think he had a sushi restaurant or something. Yes, yes he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Saisaki. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> hey, I, I, I really liked him as, as a coach. You know, he was he was okay with me, and he always had white on. He was always clean, man. Had some yep, nice yep. white on, yeah. They called I, him I, the man white. Why he would wear white all the time. I, I never yeah. asked him. But the, the photo on the right yeah. that, that's you and that's you and Harold getting your your Allendale uniforms that was the that was the brand here for uniforms at the time so you were the models okay yeah. and behind you behind you is a poster of Francois Weiss yeah that's right 
Okay. What was it like going up against Francois Wise? I mean, he's, he was like a white body against you there. You know, honestly, I can't even remember it. Oh, yeah? Okay. Who did he play for? Uh, 87 Hills Brothers. Hills Brothers. Yeah, Hills Brothers. Yeah. Alaska Hills Brothers, yeah. yeah In 87. That's when you, that's when you, that's when you came back. You came back for great taste. Yeah, there's your second time here. You played against him. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. He's a but Bay Area remember, guy. Yeah, you do remember Norman Black. Yeah. Uh, you, were, you were asking about him. What was it like going against him? Yeah. Norman, he was a tough, tough competitor, man. Uh, physically fit, played, played hard, hard nose, you know, uh, me and him was was friends, you know. Hey, we played against each other hard. It was wasn't any uh, uh, beef about anything with Norman. The same way with Michael Hackett, we used to do things off the court too together. Mm -hmm. We'll have dinner or something, you know. So, you know, no, no. Norman Black was for me a great guy, a great, uh, great talent. And speaking of Norman Black, one of our commenters, one of our followers, commented earlier that. You went with Norman Black to his school called the Paco Catholic School because they taped a, a, a segment of Norman Black's basketball tips. Yeah. Burlington basketball tips. And you were the guest on, on that when they taped it. So so Norman brought you along and then you did you went through some drills or whatever. That's a, that's what one of our followers remembers back then. I don't know if you remember that. Oh yeah, I, I can remember that. That's what I'm saying. Me and Norman Black, we was we was pretty cool with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and he's still around. And he okay. still looks the same. <laughs> yeah, he still looks the same. Pretty much the same. Okay. What's what's next on the on the list? On the photo slide, rather. Oh, there's BRB. Billy Ray. There you go. Yes, sir. Let's talk about him. Tough guy, man. Tough, tough guy. He he brought the best out in me when I played against him. He would be talking to me the whole game. He made me not want to miss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he liked he liked to talk a lot. And he was supposed well, he to be the smaller was, yeah. import, and he's yeah, the right. bigger import. Yeah, but while he was talking to you, did you smell his breath when he was talking to you? Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't pay that any attention, but I heard stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've all heard those stories about Billy Ray Bates. But he was he was quite a talent, and I remember yeah. it was always a shootout between the two of you. Yeah. You know, Harold and, and Michael Hackett would take a back seat because it was it was Bates against Michael Young whenever you 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 two would face each other. Yeah, it would be an all out war. All mm -hmm. out. But he was he was a good guy too, you know, clean, clean player, played hard, played the game the right way, you know. Um I would have y'all heard anything from Billy Ray? What boy is he at now? No, no, we're no. we're trying to find him. The last I time I actually the last time I was with Billy Ray Bates was I think it was 2010 here in the Philippines. Yeah, he came here to coach. Yeah, he, he was one coach. of the coaches of uh, of the Philippine Patriots, which uh, competed in a regional uh, Asian regional league, and he was here. I actually have a picture with him, but after 2011, yeah, after 2011, like he just faded out of uh, the consciousness of uh, of basketball again. Well, I know he was real, uh, still real good in uh, the Portland area. He might be down in Portland somewhere, mm -hmm. down down in Oregon. Yeah, well, any leads, of course, that would be yeah. great for us. If you get any leads, Michael, just let us know. We'd love to talk to, to Billy on the show. Yeah. Uh, we, but again, 
Yeah, how, how special was it uh, with, with Billy Ray Brace? They called him the Black Superman. I mean, Michael Young didn't even get a moniker in the PBA, but they called this guy the Black Superman. So what was it like? How special was, was Billy Ray Bates? Well, I mean, I enjoyed playing against Billy Ray Bates because, you know, I had heard all of the stories. Um, I had a couple guys back home that were a little older than me that played against Billy Ray Bates and played with him, you know, and saying how great of a player he was. I know he did a good job for a little while with the Portland Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, uh, Philippines had some great imports over there, had some uh, great times playing against those guys. Especially especially your time. Your time was was one of the best for for imports. Yeah. Yeah, that particular conference actually was – that was loaded. Yeah. That was a loaded. Uh, was it the eighty-six one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah eighty-six. Dexter Shouts were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michelle. I, I talked to Dexter Shouts about three weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he was yeah, on he, the show. He was on the show as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I gave him your number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, why. That's yeah. <laughs> Dexter, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's next on, right. the, on the next? Oh, this is great taste already. Yeah, is is that third kill? Yeah, it's third kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another great great competitor. Yeah, NBA champion as well, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you faced him. You faced him in the finals as well. How was how was that matchup for you, Michael? What do you remember from going up against uh, David Third Kill? Hey, it was it was a good uh, uh, matchup, just like with uh, Billy Billy Ray Bates. You know, uh, David was a little bigger than uh, Billy. And uh, he 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 could really play, man. He he could really play. I want to say, uh, of course they they won the championship, you know. Yeah. And uh, great great player, good guy as well. He you just uh, he he wasn't a three point shooter, right? He's more of a perimeter guy, about 15, 17 feet. Yeah, but he was a defender too. Mm-hmm. Now, look at him. He's overplaying your left side. You're not going to score many points if he's playing defense on you like this, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but- you know, he, he had a lot of uh, experience. Even when he played for the Celtics, you know, he would normally be guarding the guy that the uh, score, you know, but uh, everybody played me on the left side. I was mm-hmm. still. Yeah, yeah. Tandoi takes game one. Lakers take the NBA crown. That was the first of the back-to-back. Yeah. You, must, you must love this cover, Charlie. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I well, want to ask, Michael, what, what are your memories about this great taste team? Okay, uh, when you came back, uh, Manila Beer was no longer part of the league. Uh, how were you – who approached you from great taste uh, to, to play for them? You know, I can't really remember. I can't remember if I spoke with – I want to say a player, Ricardo Brown. Yeah, mm-hmm. could have yeah been. probably. Could have been. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Maybe yeah. it was uh, Ricardo Brown. I can't really re- remember. I, I don't know. I think the only reason why I didn't go back to Manila Beer because it wasn't Manila Beer anymore. Right, yeah. yeah. They, they, they disbanded right after you left. Mm-hmm. Right, because wasn't yeah. that like the president of the Philippines team or something? Something happened. I don't know. They might have had something to do with it because that was after yeah. the revolution that ousted that, that, that presidency. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, there were some other reasons. Yeah. Financial, might maybe. More, might, might have been more financial, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you, did you hear anything about that? That Manila beer was going to be closing after you uh, after you left? I, I heard that. I want to say before I left, mm -hmm. and I started hearing about uh, Great Taste Coffee, mm -hmm. and I think it was some more teams too. But I can't really mm -hmm. remember how mm -hmm. I ended up signing with Great Taste Coffee. And that was a great team you had with Great Taste. You had you well, first of all, your coach was a was a legendary coach, Baby Dalupan. Mm -hmm. uh, with with great taste. I don't know if you remember Baby Delupan. He was a bit. He's probably about the same age, a little younger than than Tito Eduque. Tito Eduque, yeah. Who you had? Who you had in in Manila Beer? So he was a bit of an older guy, chap as, as as well at the time. But but you had a great team. You had a rookie named uh, Alan Kaidik, mm -hmm. which you who you mentioned earlier, who was shooting the lights out. You had Ricardo Brown, who was an MVP. Played at Pepperdine uh, and, and a bunch of other guys. Arnie Twadles was there, you know. Yeah. That was a strong, that was a strong lineup, which is you know why you made it to the finals. Bernie Fabiosa, you had Donny Robles, Philip Cesar, yeah. Atoyko. You were reunited with Atoyko on right. that team, right? right. So you played with Ato. Yeah. So good, good. That was a good team. That was a, that was a, that was that's actually team. Sid's favorite team, so he can actually. Abby King, yeah, Abby King was there yeah. too. Oh, yeah, Sid Ventura loves great taste. Uh, so he's a, he's a diehard actually. So right. what was it like, Sid? Did you get that Michael Young brought you guys uh, brought you guys all the way to the finals well, only to lose to Tanduay? Yeah, you, you know when uh, as a fan I heard that Michael Young was signed up by Great Taste, I, I immediately thought, oh, this is in the bag. We're going to win the championship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, also got Alan yeah. 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 So you know the offense. Uh, I, I thought no one could outscore this team, but you know. Then Tanduay got David Third kill, uh, who's also, also a great player. And, you know, Mon Fernandez proved that he's still a very good player. But, um, yeah, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, I wanted to ask uh, Michael about that. What were the expectations when you joined that team? You know, the press really hyped you guys up as the team to beat in that conference. So, yeah, but what was it like in the team? Well, I, you know, from the previous year, I really knew, knew the players. I knew who... Uh, Cardo Brown was. I knew who some of the other uh, Filipino players were, and you know, I felt like we really had a chance to do something special, you know. But uh, you know, in that in in that championship series, you know, it was looked like we just couldn't get it together just to really go on to move to move forward, you know. Uh, Look like yeah. we tried to we tried to get on the same page and stay on the same page, but uh, in the championship series, you know, looked like we wasn't on the same page all the time, you know. But hey, I had a great time playing with all of the players there. It was it was it was, it was really good. Uh, that great taste coffee team was a special team. And then after that, uh, Michael, you never came back to to play in the Philippines. You went to Europe and 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 played the rest of your career over there. Well, you did play for the Clippers as well. Then after that, you went to Europe and Israel to finish out your your career. But but did any other team from the PBA offer you or or, or try to recruit you in the years after 1987? I'm sure they did. I don't really remember who it was. Uh, because, like, my contact really with the Philippines was was Andy, mm -hmm. and you know it could have been, and I don't, I can't really remember. And Andy Howe could have had something with me going to Great Taste Coffee. I don't know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I don't, 
I'm not exactly sure, but whenever I left uh, from Great Taste Coffee, because that was during that segment, it was only one import for every team. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Beer, it was two. That's right. That's and, right. Yeah, when I left Great Taste Coffee, that's when I went to uh, Spain and played for Vital to Lead. Mm -hmm. That's right. Then you were an All Star Game MVP over there. Mm -hmm. You know, so you did your you did your stuff over there in Italy as well. Then the Clippers came a calling. How did that uh, How did that come about? Well, they had a Clipper scout over in uh, Spain. Just, you know, they have scouts go over and watch games and and watch players. And he he invited me to their uh, to the NBA Summer League, which was mm -hmm. uh, California, to play summer league with the Clippers, and I did. And I had a great summer league, and uh, they invited me to camp and sign me. And, and how was that experience? I mean, you, 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 there's some good players on that team as well. Of course, they always say the Clippers were underachievers back then, uh, especially back in that time. But but you had some great guys over there. You had Ron Harper. You had uh, Ron Harper came in right in the middle of the season, and then you had Danny Manning. You know, so. Ken Norman. You Ken know, Norman, right? Yeah, Ken Norman. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a good team. I. I could have uh, – only reason why I left and I went back overseas because with the Clippers, the opportunity to play as much was, wasn't there. Okay. And, uh, and I took that opportunity on – I took a pay cut too. So mm -hmm. I, I took a pay cut and I, then I took a cut in playing time. So I was still young. I still wanted, wanted to play and – and who don't want to make a little extra money, you know? Right, so right. Moved on. So, so you from from the Clippers, you went back to Europe. Did you learn any of the languages, Spanish, Italian? You know, in in Spain and and in France and in Italy, it didn't get any further than knowing how to order a bottle <laughs> of water, a plate of food. You know, I never could have <laughs> a conversation with anybody, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I could sit down and listen, and I can kind of tell what somebody was talking about. Mm -hmm. I never yeah. I could uh, understand the language better than I could speak it. When you were there in Italy, was uh, was Bob McAdoo still there? Yeah. Was still I, playing I, over there? I played against Bob McAdoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he, because he, I know he stayed there for several years after Philadelphia let him go. He, he continued playing in Italy. Yeah, I played against Bob McAdoo. I think he gave us about fifty. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> all on jump shots, right? Right, all on jump shots. But I think I gave him sixty. So. Yeah. Did you also play against? Uh, uh, Kobe Bryant's dad over in Italy. Yeah, Jellybean. Of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I played against him over there, and I can remember Kobe running around. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he was a little boy, and uh -huh. you just you see that, but you never knew he was going to be Kobe Bryant. And another guy who was uh, who became a legend in Italy was Mike D'Antoni. Was he yeah, still playing yeah, when yeah. you were there? You know, he was kind of coaching then. Okay. When I was coaching Reggio Calabria, he was on. I want to say a bottle on his bench. Mm -hmm. And I think he was one of the assistant coaches. So okay. I kind of caught him at the end. He was like a player coach. Mm -hmm. What what's what's what stood out for you? I, I'm just gonna go back to your to your Philippine stint. What stood out for you 
or what do you remember most about playing in the Philippines, about the style of play in the PBA? Well, um, what stood out, I, I just, I thought the fans was just the best. I mean, you know, the place was all, I'd never played in front of it in, a, in an empty stadium. It was the ultra, right? Yep, the yeah. ultra, right. Right. I mean, it was always uh, energetic. They were always up for the game. If they was cheering for me or cheering against me, if you <laughs> yeah. was cheering against me, I took it as you was cheering for me. You know, I mean, but it was that that's one of my great experience as a player, other than playing against all of the great players there. But the atmosphere was very, very great. And the people were so friendly and uh, uh, nice. You know, I've had a, a great time playing there. Uh, nice, nice people. Do you remember anybody who, who stood out for you from the local players, like yeah. from, from the other teams, aside from, of course, your teammates? Some of them were really good, but did anyone leave an impression on you that this guy's really good? Um, well, a lot of the guys that I played with, like I said, I can't remember mm -hmm. their names, you know, and, okay. and of course, you know, I remember Jaworski, but yeah. uh, you know, it, it was a lot of great players that I uh, played against mm -hmm. um, that I know that really stood out for me. I just can't remember their names. Do you have any Jaworski yeah. stories? Because uh, you mentioned yeah. them anyway. I, I, <laughs> I wanted to ask who welcomed you. I think Sid usually asked this, but who welcomed you to the PBA? Who gave you your first hit? I'm sure it was Jaworski. Every time we played, <laughs> he would go under me and knock me out of the air or something. You know? <laughs> same same memories yeah. for Harold Keeling. You heard him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always Jaworski. You know, <laughs> off the court, he was a great guy, but on the court, <laughs> you had a fast break. You knew he was going to do something. <laughs> yeah. You always yeah, look at your rear view mirror if he's, uh, if he's behind you, right? Give you that karate chop. You got, you got to put your crash helmet on. It's going to be a crash. <laughs> yeah. One of your championship games against Ginebra, 86, that went into double overtime. I think that's the game where both you and Harold scored uh, 50 each. But you lost it. Um, Sonny Jaworski played those all uh, every minute of that game, 58 minutes, uh, the, including the two the, uh, overtime periods. And he was already 40 years old yeah. uh, during that time. And he played without uh, without relief. Were you aware already that you know at that time he was uh, like uh, 40 years old, a living legend? And they called him the living legend. Yeah. yeah. And what could you say about his conditioning? You know, that, that was one of the stories, you know, they, everybody, you know, updated me on who, uh, who he was and how, how old he was and, you know, what kind of a player he, he was, you know, so, you know, I, I think I knew he was one of the most decorated players there and it showed, I mean, he was, he was an enforcer out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and he played. And he played for another ten years after you left. Yeah, after you left. Yeah, he until he was fifty. Fifty. Yeah, yeah. and he yeah, coached yeah. his son. His son played for him too. Wow. <laughs> so that was. Uh, yeah. yeah. Then he well, became yeah, a he, senator. Yeah, he, yeah. he became a senator. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I knew he was going to be a political guy. Just by the way, he dealt with the referees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was friends with the referees, huh? 
Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a few pictures to share with you. Uh, yeah, let's go. Michael let's go through them point. now. Let's go. Let's go through the photos yeah. just so we can so, finish like, that up. Four more. What is this? Game two that's, took five minutes longer, but Tandwai still holds on. Yeah, this is the, the overtime game yeah. against Tandwai. You with uh, Philip Cesar uh, guarding uh, uh, David Thurkill. Right. I, he, he was yeah. a good player too. Yeah, yeah, he was an MVP. You had two yeah, of the Phillip. best defensive defensive forwards uh, in PBA history with you. You had Philip Cesar and Abi King on that great taste team. He was like, what, 6'7 or something? No, wow, this guy. Sweet. No, he's he had a wingspan of about six seven. Six so seven, yeah, but he's six three. He's six, yeah, three. Three. yeah. Yeah, he had the long arms, Philip Cesar. Or he has he You're, still has them. Yeah. What about Abbe King? You remember anything about him, Michael? You know, I really I really can't. Mm -hmm. I, I can remember that I I played with a great group of guys now. When I come back to the Philippines, if I'm able to see those guys, it'll all come back. Hmm. Well, Abby's Abby's actually Abby, there, in, there in, in Washington State. Yeah. A lot of the guys are there in the States. Uh, te former teammates of yours, uh, guys like Noni Robles and Abby King Bernie. are there. Yeah. Bernie, 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 Fabiosa, Bernie Fabiosa. Bernie Fabiosa. Bernie Fabiosa. Yeah. Yeah. All in California? Yeah. Uh, California, Washington <laughs> State. Yeah, they're, well, they're yeah. all over West the place. Coast. You know? Well, West yeah. Coast. Okay. Yeah, you, mostly West Coast. A lot of the former PBA guys from the '80s have, have gone to the states. Maybe more than yeah. twenty of them. Okay. They're supposed to have a get. They're supposed to have a get together in Vegas uh, in August. So, hopefully, they invite us too, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to go. Uh, yeah. What's so what's the next this? photo? Uh -huh. there There's you go. The LA Clippers. Michael Young form. That's the form we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's the unblockable jumper. That's right. <laughs> That probably went in too. It better. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is, this uh, this jump shot is is pretty iconic, and and you taught yourself this, as you said at the top of the program. Nobody coached your jump shot; you just developed this on your own. That's a pretty form. You know, I when I was younger, I've always shot the ball deep, but I used to bring it far back behind my head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Older and stronger, I was able to bring it up. You know, and that guy's guarding me. That's Walter Davis. Yeah. Who you played with, right? The, the Phoenix. Uh, the Greyhound. Yes, yeah. I played with him at Phoenix. I think he might be with Denver right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, in the late 80s, he was with Denver already. That's right. Yeah. Michael, this uh, Clippers stint of yours, that was your last uh, NBA stint, but it was also your longest uh, compared to the Sixers and the Suns. Uh, what was it like? Uh, playing on that Clippers team, they weren't very good uh, during that time, right? Late eighties, but yeah, at least you got a lot of playing time. I, I never could un understand the Clippers why they didn't, why we couldn't win, and why they never could really win because they always had great, great players. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's yeah. because they were in the same city with the Lakers. Maybe they need to move out and, and get their <laughs> own identity. But we had some some great players and at the beginning of this season with me with the clippers i started mm -hmm. and did well and some guys was holding out with contracts and a couple guys injured and those guys came back then i didn't really play a whole lot and they, mm -hmm. they were trying to get me they was trying to sign me again uh to come back and i didn't i, I didn't want to do it because i wanted to play yeah, right. i had bigger contracts in europe 
Mm-hmm. You 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 played for for John McLeod, uh, Matty Gukas, and Don Casey. These are your three coaches in the NBA. Which of them left the the biggest impression on you? Uh, Matt Gukas with the seventy uh, six. Yeah, mm-hmm. Matty Gukas. Yeah, but eventually he went to Orlando. Right. Well, I, th- I think he's still he's still on the panel of or the, of Orlando until now the the TV panel. Because. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, president of the team or something, he came from Philadelphia, too. That's right, Pat Williams. Yes. Yeah. Pat Williams yeah, yeah. is a great guy, man. They, he and his wife adopted a lot of kids. And, uh, did, they do a lot around the community and stuff. But I, I think Coach Lucas is still there, Maddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, speaking of the Clippers, just very quickly, they are on the verge of tying the series. Really? Yes. Look, it's sad. 103 yeah. to 37. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're also watching, eh? <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm you watching the TV. is right there. 16, 16 <laughs> seconds left. Well, now it's 104 97. So, yes. uh, too, yeah, bad. Yeah, too bad for yeah. Luca. Too bad for Luca. No, it's just a tight series. They'll still win. They're still going to win that. I hope. I hope. Anyway. <laughs> what's the okay, next what's photo? Next, next photo, please. Here uh, you go. They retired your number. Yeah. Right, that's my number retired. That's me standing there. That's my mom next to me. That's my wife, uh, face on top of my jersey there. Mm-hmm. That was a great what year. Night. What year was this, Michael? You know, we played Kentucky that night and beat them. I was coaching at U of H. I want to say this was uh, 2000. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Well, how did that feel? The, the the arena was. Yeah, what was that like? What was that like having your number retired? It was a great, great feeling. You know, the other players' numbers retired is is uh, Elvin Hayes, Akeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, and Otis Bird song. Mm-hmm. You know, so wow, that's some that's great, great company. Those are big names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, you know, yeah. pretty good company. It's a lot of lot, lot of good players played for University of Houston, and then eventually, Michael. Even you know, uh, so you were you finished your basketball career. You ended up going back to Houston to to actually work for the school, right? Right. That's when, like, right here with my number being retired, I was I was working there. Mm-hmm. Well, know? what was your what was your function? Uh, I, I was a strength and conditioning coach. I was director of basketball operations. Also. Okay. An assistant mm-hmm. coach. Okay. So I had uh, during that tenure, I had three different titles. Okay, was that was that the, the, your last? Because uh, you told me you were you're retired already now, right? Yes, I've been retired for eight years now. Wow. Okay. So this, so so you haven't been dabbling in basketball, even you're not coaching, not even conducting clinics for kids or whatever. No, I, you know I, I work kids out every day. Uh, oh, okay. I have a group of kids. I'm gonna work out uh, Monday morning. I go from Monday through Friday. I start at six o'clock. Now that school is out, awesome. six in the morning, and I train kids all all day. You know, I do clinics. I do all of that. You know, and wow. I, I still I still could be coaching. Uh-huh. I I just moved on. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm still around the game. Yeah, that's right. You can't you can't shake that basketball bug, huh? It's still there. <laughs> yeah, you know my, my uh, son's play, so. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, and then your son did play in the NBA as well, Joseph. Mm-hmm. 
played for the Pacers. So, so they did follow in your in your in your footsteps. I wanted to ask you something because I, I, I chanced upon an article that that uh, involved something about the police. You were at a at a store somewhere and a, and, a, and a policeman. You had an incident with a policeman. You know, I mean, would you care to talk about that shortly? What happened there, and then and what, what came out of that? You know, around Christmas time, Jordan always put out this new shoe. Okay. You know, for for Christmas. So this store was going to release it at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And so people, they only have so many. So my son been standing in line for this shoe all day. And so as it got closer to midnight, when they was going to start selling the shoe, I went up to the store to make sure my son was going to be okay because people go crazy behind these shoes. Mm -hmm. And he was just a kid. And I watched him. He went in the store. He purchased shoes. And when he was coming out of the store, I met him at the door and somebody snatched his bag. Wow. And uh, the police grabbed the person and got the shoes and gave them to me. And okay. I got my son, I, I grabbed the shoes and my son was in front of me. And we started walking to the car and we was being escorted by a couple more policemen because they actually knew me. Okay. And another policeman just came out of nowhere and hit me in the back of the head with a billy club. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Right. What was that? What was that about? Still 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 don't know. And he was his story was that I was causing a fight or something. And you know everybody know I wouldn't cause no no fight. Yeah, everybody yeah. know my personality. Even he had the other two policemen right there. Mm -hmm. No, but that that but that's pretty much what what the story was. Did that end up in a court case or anything? Or, or yeah, did you file charges against this uh, policeman? Of course I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he hit me in the top of the head with one of them sticks, man, and uh, kind of split me open there. Oh yeah! Wow. You know, it, it went on went on through a court, and I won. So how, yeah, how'd that wind up? I won the case, and we moved on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. all right. Well, because I, 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 you know, when you search for Michael Young, it's mostly basketball. Then this one article pops up about that. Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's all cleared up. A question I had when you were still director of basketball operations for the University of Houston, did you find anybody who would be NBA quality under your watch who made it to the NBA from, from uh, University of Houston? You know, we had a, a, a Andre Owens uh, mm -hmm. made it out, played with the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's about it. Mm -hmm. you no. Know, uh, uh, Alton Ford made it out. Uh, he played, got drafted and played with the Phoenix Suns, but uh, Alton Ford, he uh, passed about three years ago. Oh. Okay. But uh, he, he played with the uh, Phoenix Suns. And a lot more of the other guys, they, just, they played overseas in Europe somewhere or in Brazil and places like that. And you what won a couple this, of championships. Uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Sid. No, what's uh, what's the biggest difference now? I mean, the landscape recruiting landscape in the NCAA, especially with you know all of these one and done uh, players, and there are also options for 
you know, uh, high, uh, highly recruited players to just go uh, to another league first before jumping into the NBA. What, what are the challenges now for colleges to recruit players? Well, I mean, it's still a lot of good players out there. You know, you have a lot of these players that you see that's going one and done or whatever. They're not – a lot of those players are not good as the players that stay for four years. It's just all about opportunity, you know, and it's based off of upside. You know, if they see a kid now and say, well, in five years, we know he should be here. So we'll draft him, bring him in, train him. In five years, we're going to have us a big-time player but it really makes college recruiting hard you know and um i mean it's it's tough uh they're gonna win with that because if you can leave high school or go to college for one year and become a billionaire why not why would i stay for four yeah. because the, the big picture is to do something you love to play basketball at the highest level and get paid for it right right yeah. Yeah. A different. Yeah. Just it's just a different era now, right? Yes. Yes. Even the players have a different attitude now to a lot of things. So yeah. Yeah. Something you have to deal with. There's one more photo, I think, on the slide. Yes. There you go. That's the one. There That's the one. The yeah, talk about this photo. photo. Talk about this photo now. Well, I have on sweatsuit. I'm. I was. This photo. I was still coaching at University of Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coach Lewis was there that day as well. Um, they was having an, an event for Coach Lewis, and uh, King Clyde and Mishar came over to be a, a part of it. And then they wanted to get a picture of us. And we had a basketball, and they they snapped the shot. And that's that's Five Slamma Jammer right there. Yes, yep. sir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And all these guys made it to the NBA. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you guys play pickup right now, you'd still cream cream a few kids, right? Even if you're in your 60s now. <laughs> oh, without a doubt, all we had to do was post up. <laughs> right, right. You you out muscle all these, you these still, young do you guys. Still shoot, do you still shoot this uh, with the same uh, accuracy? I'm sure you, you work out with kids every day, so I'm sure you still do a lot of shooting. Yeah, but it's it's a set shot. Okay. <laughs> right, right. Understandable. Right. Understandable. With the Clippers, it's not like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's understandable. I'm sure your accuracy is still there. Uh, in in in, uh, in your PBA career, uh, in 45 games, you averaged 45.6 points, 16.3 rebounds, 4.6 assists, and 1.3 blocks. So those were your career numbers in the PBA. You had success. As well, of course, in, in the CBA and in, in Europe, a great a great uh, basketball career th- th- that you had, uh, mm-hmm. Michael, and, and, and lots of experiences. You, know, I'm sure you met a lot of people along the way. I'm sure you're still you're still close to these guys, right? The Houston guys. You still get together. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Talk to you, talk. All those guys live in Houston. We all we all live live in Houston, you know, and we normally communicate around the holidays. Uh huh. You know, because outside of the holidays, I'm on. I'm not training kids. I'm fishing. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. But around Thanksgiving and Christmas and things like that, you know, we always communicate. Yeah. Uh, send a gift or something like that. Yeah. Clyde, Clyde was here a few years ago when the uh, Houston Rockets played an exhibition game here 
mm. a preseason game against the Pacers. Yeah. Clyde was here. He appeared on the court and then the, yeah, yeah, waved the defense. I got to interview him. Yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. Now, yeah. is the well, old stadium or you have a new stadium? There's a new there's stadium a new... now. They, they don't use the ultra much anymore now. They, yeah, did, they yeah. did for the Southeast Asian Games last year, but... But uh, it's not the main yeah. one. They, yeah. we, got, we got two new stadiums. One is pretty much state of the art. It likes that, that's where the Houston Rockets and the Indiana Pacers played. It's called the Mall of Asia Arena. Uh, that's uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty NBA standard according to the NBA people who came here. Okay. Yeah. The other one's the yeah. old place. Yeah, I just yeah. had a question about this picture because, of course, uh, Akeem Olajuwon and uh, Clyde Drexler translated winning tradition at the University of Houston to the NBA when they won two championships with the Houston Rockets. How was that like being from Houston and seeing your two five Slamma Jamma teammates team up and win two NBA championships? So Clyde won one, yeah. Oh, Clyde, yeah, Clyde won one and then, uh, yeah. yeah. Clyde won one. It was, I was very happy for him. And, of course, during those series, I was at all of the games and I got a chance to witness it, but I was – very happy to watch that. And, you know, we even talked about back in the day, the Rockets could have really recruited a lot of U of H guys to the uh, Rockets team, of course, and could have had a, a lot of success. But uh, those guys did a great job. And for them to do that right at home, and I call it home for Akeem now, but it's been home for Clyde. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you, that tops your your career off right there. I mean, it couldn't it couldn't have ended a better way. Well, that's great, man. Lots of lots of nice stories from uh, Michael Young. Okay, one of the greatest imports that ever played in the PBA, and the, and the fans are very happy to see you again, Mike, because they were wondering what's going on. That's what that's the thing with the imports. You know, we they lose touch, and then. But lately, I know you know that Michael Hackett's been here, Dexter Shouse, and all these guys, and then we're yeah, happy that you're able to, yeah. yeah, you're able to share your stories with all of us. Uh, there's a segment here on on an eternity of basketball, Michael. We call it X's or O's. I'm just gonna give you a bunch of choices, and then you tell me which one is your choice. Okay. And, uh, without without having to explain, you know. So let's let's just go through them one by one right now. Let's go. Okay. The first one is. 1983 NC State or 1984 Georgetown? Um, NC State. NC State. Okay. That number close, two. Number two. <laughs> Jimmy Valvano or John Thompson? Um, John Thompson. John Thompson. Okay. Clyde Drexler or Larry Michaud? Clyde Drexler. Clyde Drexler. 1984 draft. I'm pretty sure where you're going to go with this, but I need to ask this. 1984 draft. Hakeem Olajuwon first pick, Michael Jordan third pick. Hakeem Olajuwon first pick. All right. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, I was pretty sure. Sam okay. second pick. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Sam Bowie second pick. Yeah. How about uh, this one? John McLeod or Matty Gukas? Um, Matty. Matty Gukas. Oh, both Walt of those guys were great. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, hey, and colorful characters on TV as well. Walter <laughs> Davis or Andrew Tony? Andrew. Ooh, yeah. Andrew Tony. Okay. That, that's that's a sacrilegious question, actually. Huh? <laughs> I yeah, think Walter that was a sacrilegious. Davis. Walter Davis was a six-time All Star. Andrew yeah, Tony. I think, twice. I, I think Andrew Tony should have been, if he had played a longer career, yeah, yeah. should have been in the fifty greatest. 
could have been. Could have yeah. been. Okay, yeah. next, Ron Harper or Danny Manning? Uh, Danny Manning. Danny Manning. Charles Smith or Ken Norman? Ooh. Charles Smith. Charles Smith. Okay. Clipper boys. Now we're going to go to the Philippines. Go to the PBA. Let's see if you remember. Abit Gidaben or Yoyo Villamin? Well, I, I can remember the name Abit Gidaben. Abit Gidaben. Okay. Yeah. Abit yeah, he's big. Okay. So you, you told me you remember Philip. So Philip Cesar or Abit Gidaben? Philip. Philip. Okay. How about you don't remember Abby King, so I won't ask this other question. Okay. Ricardo Brown or Alan Kaidik? Uh, I loved Alan Kaidik. I'd take Alan because he was Alan. a great young player. Yep. He was rookie of the year that year. You were here. Okay. Yeah. Tito Eduque or Baby Dalupan? Those are your coaches here. Uh, uh, Tito. Tito. Okay. The man in white. Okay. Yes. Okay. Team manager of great taste, IG Gotau, or team manager of Manila Beer, Andy Howe. I'm pretty sure what you're going to say here. Okay. Andy Howe. Andy Howe. Yeah, yeah. Andy Howe. Okay. You remember Mon Fernandez? Yes. Mon Fernandez or Sonny Jaworski? Because uh... <laughs> they were best friends at the time when you were here. Yeah. Best friends. Best friends. I'll go with Jaworski. Okay. 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 Sunny. Okay. Great taste or Manila beer? Um, Manila beer. Manila beer. Okay. You like a beer more than coffee. Okay. <laughs> Norman Black or Michael Hackett? Uh, Norman Hackett. Norman Hackett. <laughs> it's, a it's a tie. It's a tie. Okay. I get, I get it. How about this? Norman Black or David Thirdkill? Um, Norman Black. Norman Black, okay. Rob Williams or Harold Keeling? Uh, Rob Keeling. Rob Keeling, okay. I get that, I get that. Okay, the last one. Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? Whoa. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. That was quick. Okay. You guys say that. That's yeah. right, that's right, that's right. That's X's or O's for this edition. You are going oh, down. On Eternity of Basketball, episode 83. Who's next? Noel? That's probably me. Yeah. Say hello to my little friend, too. We're at it, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Michael, you've uh, you've inspired a lot of people because of the way you played your story. Now, you're, you're turning 60. Are you already 60 or are you turning 60 this year? I'm already. I turned 60 January the 2nd of this year. Wow. Okay. So now looking back, you know, six decades on this earth and probably a, a little more than half your life in, in, uh, in basketball. How do you want to be? How does Michael Young want to be remembered? in the sport of basketball? Um, I guess I want, want to be remembered that uh, I really respected the game and played it the right the, the right way, always pre prepared to actually play and uh, hated to lose. All right. It's just well, give, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. That's Sid. great. Sid, go ahead. Okay, Michael, my segment is uh, who were your five favorite teammates of all time? Favorite, not the best, but, you know, favorite. Can be from Houston, can be from the PBA, can be from the NBA. It's up to you. Okay. Um, you know, uh, Clyde Drexler, uh, Kim Olajuwon, 
Uh, Harold Killing. Larry Mishaw. Okay. And Richard Dacry. Those are the guys that I was in the trenches with. Yeah. The most. Wow. And you played basketball. You yeah. Interesting that you only spent a few months with Harold Keeling and he makes your all time list, huh? Must have been a really good relationship there. Yeah. And, you know, we had a relationship also a little bit after the Philippines. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, Harold's just a great guy. He was a great guy to me on and off the court. You're you're a great guy because Andy Howe and Harold Keeling dropped in and they both named their, <laughs> their <sons> children <laughs> after you. Yeah. So you must be a great guy, Michael. And you've been a great guest <laughs> yeah. today on episode 83 of an Eternity of Basketball. Thanks, thanks for, for joining us on, on this episode and sharing your stories with us. After that long stint of yours in basketball, I'm sure there are some people you'd like to acknowledge or to think in your basketball journey. You can do that now. Well, first of all, I would like to thank uh, the whole Philippines Association. Um, you guys have a great league there. You know, uh, I had a, a wonderful time being a part of it and looking forward to, to coming back. And really, in all of the countries and places that I played in, I was, I was very welcome and had a, a great time. But, I, you know, I talk about the Philippines because you guys were first. But I had great times in France, Spain, Italy, Israel, wherever I, I played. I tried not to never meet a stranger. Mm -hmm. You've That's been it. all around. Huh? Yeah. yeah, you've yeah. been everywhere. Yeah. That's great. Well, what, what, a, what a great what, career. What, you, what a great career. Do we yeah, see you no back way. in the Philippines anytime soon, Michael? I'm sure a lot of your fans would still remember you and – Maybe when you get here, you won't, you won't even spend a cent on meals. Everybody's going to try to take you out, right? Well, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to uh, talk to my bride about it. And uh, we have talked about it. Actually, when I played over there, uh, she came over to visit me there before we were even married. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we've always talked about going back to the Philippines. So, you know, we haven't been on a vacation in a long time. There you yeah. go. Well, once once they ease the travel restrictions, and we, we you know we hope you guys, maybe you and Harold can come together. And, yeah, you know, and, then, and for sure, at least one of your dinners is going to be hosted by Noel, another no, one by Sid. That's going to be you know that's a sure thing. Yeah, and then Charlie's going to give you the send off, so that's the big one, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, there's a question here. I just want to uh, insert it before we end. Do you remember any of the? Uh, Filipino food that uh, right. you ate here. What are your favorite foods or restaurants? Yeah, there you go. Um, uh, what? McDonald's Pizza Hut? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> balut. Yeah. You had balut. Did you actually eat Ooh, that thing? You had that, huh? Well, I, I tried to eat it, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, you and everybody, you and every other import tried it. <laughs> right, I, I tried to eat it, but but I couldn't. But you know, I, I can't remember a Pacific dish. Uh -huh. You know, but uh, I was invited to a lot of people's home for dinner. They had some traditional dishes. Uh -huh. I can't remember the name of them, but they were all good with, with gravy and pineapples. I just remember all that type of stuff. <laughs> it, it, it was yeah, yeah. traditional dishes, but. 
It was good. You don't remember what they're called, but you ate a lot of it. Without a doubt. <laughs> and you're still alive. That's the best part. Still alive. I've never been a picky eater. That's okay. Right. Well, that's different. that's Michael Young. You know, I mean, Filipino fans haven't seen you in such a long time, but they've had a great, great uh, session with you today on episode 83 of In Eternity of Basketball. We, the, the crew, uh, Aaron uh, backstage, we have Noel and Sid as usual, my partners. I'm Charlie Kuna, of course. We'd like to thank our guest, Michael Young, Phi Slamma Jamma, University of Houston. Huh? And Manila Beer and Great Taste star here in the PBA. Huh? Michael Young for three. Remember that. Thanks for guesting on our show today, Michael. And we'd like to tell the rest of our followers, check out our Facebook page. We will announce who our Independence Day, Philippine Independence Day guest next Saturday will be. Stay tuned for that. Michael, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. It's a pleasure for us, especially who watched you in the Ultra during those days back then. And we admire the way that you played. And we admire you more even now after getting to talk to you and, and to learn your stories. Well, thank you guys, uh, Charlie, Noel, and Sid. Hey, thank you guys for, ha for having me. Uh, thanks to the Philippines. I had a great time playing there. Looking forward to coming back. And uh, looking forward to seeing you guys again thanks for all of the memories for sure yeah. for sure all right thank you so much thank so that's you. It's, it's in the books episode 83 is now in the books aob we hope to see you next week for our next guest stay tuned for who it's going to be we'll announce it on our fp page we are powered by san miguel corporation adios everybody thanks mike you're welcome all right thanks, man. I'll see you okay. take care bye bye-bye that concludes this episode of an eternity of basketball as a reminder for this show and others like it and projects like it, go to globallyballin.com as well as follow Globally Ballin on all social media, including facebook.com slash globallyballin, Twitter at globallyballin, and Instagram. You can also follow this show directly at An Eternity of Basketball on Instagram or facebook.com slash an eternity of basketball. Thank you and make sure to catch next week's episode.